was the bottom of the ninth, with McGuire up at bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to Jokestrap. This is the Brent Burns episode, number 88. Thank you all for listening. My name is Wes Hoffman. Um, It's been a few extra days since my last podcast. I took a little bit of a break there. Um... I figured since the NBA All-Stars were taking a break that I would take a break too. Um, so I did. Um, actually, that's just the way it worked out. Um, so yeah, the NBA All-Star game was on March 7th, uh, this past Sunday, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in front of no fans. Uh, they still had the All-Stars travel there. Uh, two of these elected NBA All-Stars ended up not playing in the game because uh, they ended up being around someone who had COVID while getting a haircut. So then they were removed from the All-Star teams, but they were not replaced on the rosters. So then, yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of experience it was for the All-Star game this year. Uh, Instead of a two-day festivity, it was all in one day. Uh, They did the three-point contest before the game, and then they had a slam dunk competition during halftime of the game. So, yeah, I did not watch any of the All-Star game. I wasn't really interested in it. Um, I felt like even though Steph Curry was selected, um, other than watching him, I wasn't going to get much of any entertainment out of it. Um, Personally, don't really care. I don't really like the way the All-Star game is set up these days where they have a captain and then the captain chooses his team based on, you know, the players that were selected to participate in the All-Star game. So you can have someone in uh, the opposite conference. So you can have like LeBron James in the West Conference. He was one of the captains. And then Kevin Durant was the captain for the East Conference. And then... You could have Kevin Durant select a player that plays in the West Conference if he wanted on his team. So that that whole mismatch thing seems weird to me. Uh, I don't like it. It does not make an all-star game um, for me. Um, and then now I've noticed that the I don't know how long they've been doing this. It could have been a few years already um, where I noticed that the NBA all-star, all-stars do not wear their actual team jerseys um it's like i said it's been like this for a few years um i haven't watched an all-star game in a few years but i used to like the days when you could see all the all-stars playing together but they're actually wearing their actual uh nba jerseys you got the warriors wearing their warriors jerseys got the lakers wearing their lakers jerseys but now it's all one jersey you get your this color all-star or your that color all-star and granted with basketball it helps you know, differentiate who's on what team, but it's it's always nice to see your team if you you have one um, represented in the All Star game, and you like to see your teams 
jersey. That's that's my opinion. Um, it's been that way with baseball, where they wear their own jerseys. Again, it's easier to differentiate the teams there. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I don't know who won the All Star game. I think LeBron's team won. LeBron had Curry on his team, and I don't know. They bah. Anyway, um, and then Curry did win the three-point competition before the game. He won it on the last shot, um, and Curry also fared well in the actual game itself. Uh, if you want to look up the stats and numbers, you can do that. Uh, it's called Google. Just type in 2021 NBA All-Star Game box score or something like that. You'll find out. You'll find out. Good work. All right. So, um... Basketball resumes tonight uh, for the Warriors. Uh, they uh, finished the first half of this uh, 76-game season um, with a record that looks like 19-18. Uh, 19-18. And so they're one game above 500 halfway through the season. Um, is that even halfway, though? 19 plus 18? Let's do the math. do 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 that's 37 games that's more than halfway uh through the season they're playing a 76 game season right yeah so they have 29 games left um oh i'm stupid that's (laughs) that's 29 more would make 66 so they've played 37 games so they still have to play Oh my god, I'm stupid. 76 minus 37 is 39. So it's almost halfway. Um, they're a couple, they're one short. Like after tonight's game, it'll be halfway. I think it's because they had a game canceled, so it doesn't add up to being halfway. So, whereas, you know, the Jazz are 27 and 9, freaking 27 and 9, and uh, they are. They're at 38. That's halfway. So, some teams are there, and some are a little short of the halfway in terms of games played. Um, but yeah, anyway, they got a record of 19 and 18. They're sitting at the 10th spot, so they'd be out of the playoffs right now in their conference as the top eight teams make it. Um, unless. I don't know. Are the fucking playoffs different this year, too? I don't fucking know. (laughs) As far as I know, they are not in the playoff standings right now. Um, So they would have to be in the eighth spot to reach the playoffs. And uh, there are a few games back of that eighth spot right now, which is currently held by the Dallas Mavericks, who are 19 and 16. So the question is, if you're the Warriors, are you a buyer or seller at the trade deadline, which is coming up here uh, in a couple weeks? Uh, The trade deadline for the NBA uh, will be taking place shortly um, to this year. I think it's March 25th. yeah, the trade deadline is on March 25th this year. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, if I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking more about next year when you have guaranteed fans back in your seats, uh, when you have Clay Thompson back in your lineup. Um, that's what I'd be working towards. Um, 
So I wouldn't really sell everybody, but you might, you might be able to trade away a few pieces to pick up some players and look forward to next year. That's just what I would do. Anyway, um, so yeah, so so that's that's the NBA, and that's where the Warriors stand right now. Um, the top team right now in the NBA, of course, the Western Conference is the Utah Jazz at twenty-seven and nine, and then in the other, uh, the Eastern Conference, surprisingly, the Philadelphia 76ers are on top, twenty-four and twelve, but the Brooklyn Nets are like right behind them at twenty-four and thirteen, Milwaukee Bucks at twenty-two and fourteen. Um, so yeah, um, not really clear. Like, there's no like one. The most dominant team, I guess you could say, is Utah, twenty-seven and nine. But the Suns are right behind them at twenty-four and eleven. So there's not like re one real clear-cut team that you could say, "Oh, they're going all the way." They're going all the way. And there's been, you know, lots of, uh, you know, players missing games due to COVID and injuries and games getting canceled for whatever reason and. So there's been a lot of variables affecting each and every one of these teams. So that's another reason I think there's no clear-cut team uh, to win it all right now. Um, I'm sure the Lakers are a favorite. Um, you got to think the Brooklyn Nets are a favorite since they traded for James Harden, but you never know. Anyway, um, so yeah, that, that that's NBA in a nutshell right now at the trade deadline as far as the Warriors go. Um, and, uh, let's see what else let's talk about hockey. I suppose national hockey league, uh, my team, the San Jose sharks, not faring too hot right now. Um, it's sort of a rebuild year, I suppose, <laughs> rebuilding more than, uh, we would like. Um, they're sitting last in the West division, what it's called right now. Um, and uh, the Sharks are sitting at 9, 11, and 3. Um, and uh, 21 points in the standings. And uh, they're right behind the Ducks, who have 22 points. So, a lot of uh, overtime games for the Sharks, um, which doesn't help because when you play an overtime game, then the opposing team gets a point in the standings, too. And when you're playing the teams that are only in your division you're just helping teams in your division when you go into overtime regardless if you win or lose so um so yeah they did win their last game uh in overtime to give them nine wins on the season so we'll see how the sharks progress from here on out um in their season going forward um see if uh, they decide to deal anybody away possible people they could trade is uh uh, maybe uh, Martin Jones, although his contract is a bit heavy. Um, the goalie has not fared very well lately. Uh, Devin Dubnik is getting more of the starts now at goalie for the Sharks. Um, but we'll see what happens with them. Um, there's rumors that the Sharks may possibly void Evander Kane's contract coming up due to legal problems that Kane has, although... I would be surprised if they do that. Um, and the legal problems are Vander Kane's in debt, like a lot of debt. And apparently he's, these debt collectors are, I don't know, causing, I don't know if they're threatening him or what's going on. But, um, yeah, 
I got in some gambling problems, got a lot of money to owe, but now there's talks that the contract could be voided, and I don't know really, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know why that would make a difference. Like, what would voiding it, how is that going to help him with his debt problem if he's not going to end up making the rest of that money? doesn't make sense to me. Um, anyway... And then if they void it, he'll be a free agent, and then he could sign elsewhere. So I think that would be a dumb move for the Sharks to do it. That's my opinion. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sharks, uh, yeah, you you got to just sum up this year as to a rebuilding year. I think, like the Warriors, they should be looking forward to next season uh, when they know they're going to have fans in the stands for sure and try to win more next year. Um, and then go from there. Um, so spring training baseball is underway, and if you haven't been paying attention, spring training baseball is really weird this year. Um, I don't believe I've talked about this yet because I haven't done an episode in a few days, but uh, it is really weird. <laughs> uh, so. You can have a five-inning game, a seven-inning game, or a nine-inning game. And I think this is only in effect till uh, March 14th. So after March 14th, all the games are going to be nine innings. But because of COVID, so they say, um, and the fact that minor leaguers are not present at spring training sites, um, minor leaguers are going to report later as minor league seasons do not begin until May. This includes AAA, which originally was going to start the same time as the majors, but then it got changed. So now AAA, AA, single A, they're all going to start in May, May 4th. So they still have their May the 4th be with you Star Wars promotion nights that the minor leagues tend to do. That was not a mistake to start it on May 4th. Um, so uh, but in the minor or in spring training this year, due to the lack of players with each team, um, they're allowing managers to cut games short. Uh, the teams could come to consens- consensus, uh, I guess, earlier in the day, um, saying, "Hey, we're gonna we want to play seven innings today," or "Hey, we're gonna play eight, or we're gonna play nine. That play at least five. And it's, it's just crazy to me to think, like, there's probably a bunch of fans, like, as soon as spring training was, like, given the go-ahead to allow fans, and they're like, all right, we're, we're gone. We're going to go spring training. We're, we're there, man. No matter what. And they go to a game, and then they, they find out, like, what? It's only seven innings? That sucks. It's like, I wonder if tickets are less now. I don't know. And then, not just shorter games, but uh, there's this, like, rollover rule or something where, like, uh, say a pitcher's getting clobbered um, by a team that happened in the A's game today against the Rangers. The um, Rangers pitcher had loaded the bases up. The A's had loaded the bases up against the pitcher um, but and recorded no outs. And the pitcher had thrown twenty something or twenty something pitches, and once once a pitcher throws twenty pitches in an inning, the manager can just say, "Okay, that's it." So the Rangers manager was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just call this an inning," 
because he doesn't want to bring in another pitcher, and he feels like the pitcher that he has in the game has gotten all the work he needs and doesn't want to overwork him. So the managers can decide, oh, I'm just going to end this inning. So if you're like an A's fan in that situation and you're at a spring training game and your team's like loading the bases and you're like, all right, we're going to score some runs. And all of a sudden the puzzle manager's like, nah, nah, inning over. I mean, come on, that that's lame. Uh, actual managers, it's funny, uh, Tony La Russa and Chris Woodward came out against this rule. They said they hated it, even though it is a rule that managers are allowed to use. And then Chris Woodward ends up using it today against the A's. So go figure. Like, does he like the rule now all of a sudden? Does he just hate it when the other team uses it? That's probably what it is. Like, oh, I hate it because the seven manager <laughs> shortened our inning against him. Didn't let our guys hit him more. I don't know. That, that rule is kind of stupid. Like, just end when your pitcher's like throwing 20 like i don't know i get but lack of roster space lack of players i guess that's all why they're doing it this way and they're just trying to get their work in and i i understand it from that aspect but then i'm looking at the spring training standings and then so they have a list of all the tie games so far this spring and it says tie tie games do not count towards standing calculations okay but then you are counting all the seven inning eight inning games into this so that's kind of dumb <laughs> so in the grapefruit league which is in florida miami currently has the best record apparently at four and one okay uh and then in the Cactus League, the best record goes to the Kansas City Royals at 9-3. and three. And uh, apparently the Royals have hit the most home runs in the Cactus League so far this year. So, I don't know. But you can't really make anything. Like, the, the standings for spring training were always like, yeah, you can't really read into them because it's just spring training. But now it's like you really can't read into them because some of these games, most of these games so far haven't even been nine innings. So it's like, I don't know. Kind of dumb. Stupid. Why even bother having the standings, to be honest? If we're going to be honest. um. So then uh, today it was announced that they're going to uh, impose uh, various different rules uh, for the minor leagues this year in the in different levels. So they're going to have a new rule for single A that they're testing out, and then another new rule they're testing out for double A, and then another new rule for triple A. And yeah, they're, they're experimenting with the minors. And uh, this is not a surprise now that the Major League Baseball overlooks the minors and they can do as they please in the minor leagues. And ah. So it sucks. I, I don't know. Some of these rules, okay, whatever. And some of them, I, I just don't. Why? Like, I don't understand. So anyway, let's break this down, okay? All right, so first of all, in the double A, they're going to have a, sort of a shift rule. Uh, if you don't know what the shift is, it's sort of like uh, you've got a pool hitter, like uh, Joey Gallo, for example, left-handed hitter for the Rangers. He pulls the ball to the right side of the field a lot. So what uh, they've had infielders do is uh, move... Um, one 
player, usually the third baseman from the third base position over into the outfield area of of uh, right field, sort of like behind second base, but in right field on the grass area. So he's there as an extra defender for if since Gallo is more likely to pull the ball to right field. So here is what happens. The rule will require all four infielders to have both feet on the infield dirt or the infield grass if they're playing in as the pitch is being delivered. If a team violates the rule, it's an automatic ball. But if the pitch results in the batter smoking one up the gap or something positive, the batting team has the option to take the outcome of the pitch as opposed to just taking the ball. So, a team automatic, a team shifts, they forgot the rule, the umpire could call ball, but then Gallo or whoever can hit one into the gap for a double. What the, what the hell are you going to take? Duh, you're going to take the double. Why would you take, I don't see any situation where it's something positive and the team's like, nah, we just want the ball. But, if you, if you, if I'm reading this rule correctly, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't shift. It just means you can't stand in the outfield grass. So you can still shift the infield. You can still have three guys on the right side. They just all have to be touching the dirt. So it's not too extreme. Um, but uh, a lot of the left-handed swingers that do pull the ball do hit it in that spot between you know second base and the right fielder. So uh, they'll, they'll probably like this rule. But it could lead to more dramatic rules against a shift, which would suck. In its release, MLB does not rule, rule, that, rule that out, saying that it could add a stipulation in the second half of the season that would require two infielders on each side of second base. But that's a more complicated rule to enforce, so it's uncertain whether that will actually happen. How are you going to change rules mid-season? Assholes, don't do that. Come on now. Anyway, um, AAA, AAA baseball has a uh, uh, something different. Um, so this involves um, uh, not necessarily how they're playing the game, but stuff they're using in the game. So the bases which are typically a standard 15 inch by 15 inch base um, at first, second, and third are gonna be 18 inches by 18 inches. Um, apparently this was also tested in the Atlantic League in 2019. Uh, it's a subtle change, uh, but let's see. Uh, the hope is that maybe it'll help avoid some collisions at first base in Stuff like that, possibly. Um, it could increase um, the amount of stolen bases, maybe. But increase because you in, you increase the the size of the bag, it makes the distance between first and second base four and a half inches shorter. We're so used to the the 90, 90 feet between first and second base and 
you know, second and third base and third base and home. And now that's four and a half inches shorter. So it's not exactly 90 feet between the bases now. So, so it's likely to have at least a modest effect on stolen base success, success rates, which would lead to more stolen base attempts, which in hope their hopes would make the game more exciting. It could have a small impact on infield hits, bunts, and batting average on balls in play. You know, okay, that's cool, I guess. I mean, I do miss the stolen base from the game, but it's like, what happened to athleticism? Like, where did what? Where did this game go wrong? Like, is I I just don't I don't understand. Like, why was Ricky Henderson like the only guy who could? Like, I know he was the greatest ever, but, like, stolen base-wise, but, like, is really no one, no one could play like that anymore? Like, what happened? I don't understand this. Um, so, I don't know. And then there's, in, uh, There will be two major rule changes in A-ball. Um, and uh, these are the ones that they're trying to implement there. Um, it's the war on pickoff moves, um, apparently. Um, it's for left-handed pitchers. Um, they had normally been able to raise their right leg, look toward the plate, then unleash you know, a, 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 a throw to first base and pick off hundreds of runners think about Andy Pettit um think about Dallas Braden uh don't think about John Lester because even though he's left-handed he never threw it to first I don't fucking understand why but he never did um but anyway that move will not exist for the high A leagues at least uh, the, re the rule will require all pitchers to step off the rubber before throwing to first base or any base. The penalty? What else is a balk? And runners get to advance a base. Um, apparently, this was also um, a rule in the 2019 Atlantic League, which also they had the 18-by-18-inch um, the bases in the Atlantic League. I believe that's what I said. Yeah. Um so and stolen based attempts went up by about 70 percent so you know let's see what happens there um if So apparently the old quick step off snap throw to first would also bite the dust under this rule. Um, I don't, I don't know how that hap why that would be banned, but um, apparently you also cannot do that. So that's kind of dumb because uh, that takes practice. This stuff takes practice for pitchers, and now it's like you're getting rid of it. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's me. I don't like changing shit. <laughs> um, I was fine with the DH in the National League, and that's the one thing they're not fucking keeping. Anyway, um, so there's that. Um, and, and then apparently, 
Um, let's see. For every move there, I don't want to. Apparently, there's going to be a rule in the low class A league. Uh, so this is like the old. What used to be the California League. So teams like Stockton, San Jose, and these teams will have this rule, where uh, the pitcher can have can, is allowed to throw two pickoff moves to first or any base. And then if the pitcher wants to throw a third time, the, he needs to get the runner out. And if he doesn't, it's a balk. So <laughs> they're trying to limit the amount of times pitchers throw over to first base or whatever base. I don't know. So it says two things. Even if a pitcher is stepping off and are faking a throw to a base, it counts as a throw to the base. So one pickoff throw and one step off, and he's reached his quota. MLB hasn't re hasn't ruled out the possibility of reducing the quota to one pickoff or step off in the second half. Come on. Like, again, don't change this shit midseason. Fucking stupid. And then finally, um, the electronic strike zone is going to be tested in low A in the Southeast League, formerly known as the Florida State League. Um, it's the automated ball strike system. So that's going to be tested out a little bit there. This has been tested out before in the Arizona Fall League also, but now it's going to be tested out in the Southeast League. Anyway, um, but that's not all. Uh, the only other... The only other change announced by MLB on Thursday was the addition of uh, uh, the new pace of game clocks in the Low A West League, previously the California League. MLB didn't reveal specifics, but sources say the new time limits will look like a 15-second pitch clock down from 20 seconds at the upper levels of the minors. Pitchers have 15 seconds to begin their windup or come to a set position from a stretch. Otherwise, the umpire can call an automatic ball. Um, the batter will be required to be attentive to the pitcher with eight seconds left on the clock. Otherwise, it's an automatic strike. There will now be a 30-second clock between batters in mid-inning, and the time between innings will shrink from 2 minutes, 15 seconds, to exactly 2 minutes. And in addition to all these announced changes baseball is likely to experiment with even more newfangled rules in the independent atlantic league that league won't even begin playing till may 27th so anyway what do you think of these rules what do you do you make anything of them do you like any of them uh, i'd be interested to hear like do you want to see any of these in the major leagues do you want to see these the bigger bases do you want to see possibly some more stolen bases limit these left-handers with the their pickoff advantages do you would you like to get rid of that um i mean i don't know i would just like the baseball players to be better like if you're you know hitting into the shift all the time learn how to not hit it over there it's called practice practice <laughs> i don't know um anyway um yeah interested to hear your guys's thoughts on all these rule changes they're going through in the minor leagues they're experimenting on let me know voicemail number is in the um what do you call it the description of this episode so if you want to call in leave a voicemail let me know your thoughts on these rules 
what you think, um, and you could be featured on an upcoming podcast episode, possibly. Um, anyway, uh, let's see, what else? So, um, comedy related, um, some more places are starting to open up, um, I'm still not vaccinated, so I'm still not doing any shows yet, but I've noticed Tommy T's in Pleasanton is going to start having some shows actually inside. Um, There's some more outdoor shows starting, so things are slowly but surely coming back for comedy, so that's good to see. Um, I've listened to some episodes of uh, Kevin Hart's newer podcast uh, called Comedy Goldmines. Um, It's actually a pretty interesting podcast. Uh, podcast, if, especially if you're a comedian, uh, you kind of get into the mind of other comics. I've listened to an episode uh, with Hassan Minaj and also one with uh, Nick Kroll, both really well done. Uh, so kudos to Kevin Hart um, for some good uh, content there. Um, and yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got to say right now in terms of comedy. Um, recently, I had a lab work done. Uh, to see if I've ever, uh, if I'm immune to chicken pox, uh, because, uh, I went on an outing with some coworkers for an outdoor lunch, and one of the coworkers said he had shingles, and if you have shingles, you can actually give someone who's never had chicken pox, chicken pox, because it's essentially the same disease, kind of, um, so anyway, I, I didn't know, I was like, I don't know if I've ever had them or not, so I decided to get lab work. Uh, done the other day, and the lab work showed that I haven't had chickenpox, so now I have to get the chickenpox vaccine too. But I'm trying to prioritize the COVID 19 vaccine, so hopefully, once I get the COVID 19 vaccine, then I can wait a few weeks and then get the uh, chickenpox vaccine afterwards. Because I've made it this far without the chickenpox vaccine, I don't think I need it right away as much as I would like to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So anyway, that's just some stuff that's going on with me right now. Uh, but that's about it for this episode. So um, thank you very much for listening. Again, uh, interest in your thoughts primarily uh, regarding these minor league rules and whether or not you want to see them in the majors, uh, since that's primarily what I discussed in this episode. Episode, what do you think about the spring training rules too? That. I don't know. I Like I said, I'd hate to be a fan of spring training and have that thrown at me. Like, you don't know that far in advance how long the games are going to be. So, it, I don't know. It'd be rather disappointing to me. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.